I was voted best dressed for a senior superlative in 1976. And I actually turned down that superlative because it felt embarrassing. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson. And today I get to talk with our newest staff member, John Vickery. And John is with us in Nashville, Tennessee. John, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. But more than that, I want to welcome you to the search team. We are so excited that you are with us now. And to, to kick this off, I thought we would do a little little get to know you, little little intro, help uh, everyone understand some of your background and, and who you are, where you came from. So would you just help us to uh, get to know you a little bit? Uh, where are you from? Of course, you live in Nashville now. Tell us about your family, uh, your, your wife, your boys, a little about your, uh, your career. I'd love to. Thanks, Blaine. I uh, actually grew up here in Nashville. My mom and dad moved here when I was four. And my dad was a traveling salesman, so he moved to Nashville and traveled all around the southeast. Had a great childhood. Um, went to uh, church, but don't ever remember hearing much about a relationship with Jesus. They may have said it, and I just missed it, but I don't remember hearing it. Young Life came to my high school when I was a junior here, and it's the first time I remember hearing someone talk about Jesus that way. And into my junior, I went to Young Life camp and heard the gospel in ways I hadn't heard it before and responded and sort of changed a lot of things about my life from there. Went to a uh, went to college in Baylor University in Texas because my best friend's dad was a Baptist pastor and he got me into it. And we went and visited and the spring that we went, I think every girl that passed us on the campus was gorgeous. So I felt like God was leading me to go to Baylor. (laughs) (laughs) You probably weren't the only one, right? No, probably not. Probably not. So went there and um, became a Young Life volunteer. After graduated, went on staff with Young Life there in Waco. I met my wife, Carol, uh, in Colorado. A few years later, she was coming to work for Young Life in North Carolina. We were taking seminary classes in uh, Colorado together. It was not love at first sight. Uh, she had a boyfriend, so she wasn't looking, and I wasn't looking a lot, but she kind of captured me by these just strikingly blue eyes, and so somehow I convinced her to break up with her boyfriend and hang out with me, and we got engaged about six months later and married about six months after that. She came to Waco. We did ministry together there. They were great years there. Had the first of our three boys, and they're now our oldest uh, is 33, or middle is 29, or youngest is 27, and I think maybe one of the great joys of my life is getting to be their dad, and it's still a great joy. It's gotten better. They all have wives now, and so we have three girls in the family. I love all of them, and have a three-year-old granddaughter who is the delight of my life and our life, and have two more grandbabies coming this summer, so that's the family story. Did you... You asked about career too. You mean to give a quick over, overview of that? Yeah. Well, you ended up. I mean, you joined Young Life in Waco when you're just a young whippersnapper out of college, and uh, you, you're with them for your whole career until this point. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I was, yes, and really, I don't think I ever intended to stay around that long. I just kind of wanted to tell high school kids about Jesus, and next thing I knew, I kept getting 
you know, opportunities for the next job. And, and I spent the last four years overseeing Young Life in the United States. But I was with Young Life for 40 years, and that ended at the end of September this past fall. It was not an expected ending, but uh, we, the president of Young Life reorganized the leadership structure, and my job was eliminated. So then I was left kind of wondering what I would do next. Well, and, and now we know we're going to get into that because you had a pretty fascinating first day with search and first few <laughs> weeks. But before we get there, okay, yes. uh, we, we're going to do a lightning round, okay? These okay. are just some kind of fun facts about you. So uh, quick answers. What's your favorite movie? Remember the Titans. And I have never seen it. Ter- that's you need to. Pathetic, yes. right? Everybody there tells me is. that. Uh, okay, so and you're a big fisherman, uh, and so what is the biggest bass that you have ever caught? Oh, biggest bass, um, eight pounds. I caught this past fall fishing with my youngest son on a private pond in South Carolina. Oh, my and no, gosh. And, and no, I won't tell you where that is. <laughs> if we get to know each other a little better, will you? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. All right, all right. I'll hold you to it. Okay, uh, favorite recording artist, uh, present company excluded? Sorry to offend you, but I'm not <laughs> going to choose you. Uh, maybe a little different spin on the question. Favorite um, music event we ever went to, so this may be favorite artist, was Michael Jackson's Thriller concert in Dallas Stadium in the mid-'80s. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I'll bet was, I would have loved to see was, that. Yeah, it was before his life got a little crazy, but it's pretty amazing. Well, or before we knew about it. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. Most famous person that you've ever met? I met Billy Graham one time at the President's Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. Wow. Yeah. How cool. Amazing privilege. Yeah. All right, last question of our lightning round. What is one thing about you that we would never guess? Uh, I was voted best dressed for a senior superlative in 1976. And I actually turned down that superlative because it felt embarrassing. (laughs) And uh, I think it's more of a tribute to my mom. We were very middle income, but I think my mom just pride herself and buying her kids nice clothes. So, so uh, yeah, that, that was a little bit weird. No, the eight, well, that's why we asked, because we would have never known yeah, yeah. that about you. So, well, John, <laughs> hey, uh, for all of us at Search, we are just thrilled that you're you're part of the team. And I, I mentioned your, your first day with Search was not that long ago. It was actually March 16th. And uh, about a month ago, and, and that was the day that – our leadership with search decided that uh, and this was before the guidelines came out, even from the government. But we decided we were we were halting face to face meetings and going completely virtual all across the country in all of our cities. And so that's your first day. You're on that all staff call and you're you, you join search to go meet with people. And a big part of our job is to, I mean, we're filling our calendars with lunches and coffees and small groups and all this, and it's can't do it. So what in the heck are you thinking that day? And then how have you processed uh, this new role when you can't leave your house? 
Well, I remember it well. I had lunch that day before the call with all the staff. I had lunch that day with a young guy I'd met through an open forum a few weeks before. And we had lunch together. It was a great time with him. He talked about his recent marriage and just challenges with that. Talked about a new job and wondering if he's going to be able to make enough money to support his family. Talked about life and faith. And I drove home thinking, if I get to do this, this is going to be awesome. And then I get the call saying, you can't meet with anybody anymore. So I just thought, <laughs> okay, not quite what I expected. Um, it's been hard. It, it, um, I think I'd spent you know, six or eight months kind of waiting and wondering what we would do next or I would do next. And then to finally feel like I've discovered what that is and excitement building to make a contribution and be a part of something and then find out you really can't do much. Um, it's been pretty humbling. The um, you know, different times in the past, I have spoken to a lot of younger staff in Young Life over the years, and you may be like this point where you realize the things that God gives you to say to other people, a lot of times they were more for you than anybody else. So this is one of those times when this phrase came back when I said to people, I think God calls us more because of what he wants to do in us than what he wants to do through us. And I've just had to live in that the last month is, okay, for some reason God knew all this was coming. And yet he still called me to this uh, great organization to sit in my house for these last four weeks. I think because he wants to do something in me, not necessarily through me. Mm. Yeah, that's a, what, that's a great perspective. But, I mean, I needed you on that one for a while myself. Um, John, I know in these last four weeks you've had the opportunity, even though you've been locked up, to still meet with some folks and build some relationships. And I'm just curious if there's a, a story, a conversation in this last season of life for you, the last month or so, that uh, that you could share with us that uh, you think might be useful or encouraging to everyone who's listening. I'd love to. There have been a few. That the one I'll um, choose, I met this guy at, an open forum, and we had maybe a three-minute conversation. And as the staff, local staff here and I were talking about following up with people, I took his name and sent him a text. I didn't know if he'd ever call me, but he had about a week later, right in the first week of the pandemic. And we had a 45-minute conversation. We've had several since, and it's just amazing how open he's been about his life, his struggles, uh, his questions about faith. Uh, just some specifics about his own story that I won't go into uh, publicly, but I just felt so honored that, again, mostly a stranger, that he would be willing to just pour his heart out and be honest. And so I have what feels like a, a new good friend that I can't wait to be able to sit with face to face. But we've had three or four really great conversations, and I've loved getting to know him. And again, I just keep saying, if I can enjoy this kind of connection with guys you know, through a Zoom call or a phone call. I can't wait till I can do more uh, face-to-face and small groups and things like that. So, Well, that's just a great reminder to all of us, I think, because you know, maybe a takeaway is we all have somebody like that in our, in our life that maybe this is a more difficult season or a very difficult season and they need somebody to reach out. They just need a phone call or a a text or a a Zoom or FaceTime, whatever, to 
even just just vent. They need a they need a friend, and maybe mm-hmm. um, all of us ought to be thinking about who are those people that that we can invest in relationally in these uh, these times that we're in. Um, all right, we like to end these podcasts with some encouragement from the scripture, something that is meaningful to you right now. And so, John, uh, what would that be for you? Yeah, I think you know one of the discoveries that I've made about myself in these last four weeks is I really like being needed, and I like feeling important. And what I've discovered is I'm neither one, uh, particularly this last month. I'm not needed, and I'm not important. And I used to feel needed and used to feel important, but you know, young life, by the way, is doing just fine without me. And so that's been a humbling thing. It's been a blow to my ego, but really good for my soul. Uh, it's kind of dri- driven me back to some things that, um, again, I- I'm pretty comfortable telling everybody else, but having to decide, do I really believe them about me? Do I believe the gospel I proclaim? There's, you know, the Mark 1 passage where Jesus has just been baptized and the Father speaks audibly and, you know, familiar passage where he just says, you're my son whom I love with you, I'm well pleased. And then next thing you know, he's in the wilderness. And uh, Ken Schultz reminded us last week about the Nowens book in the name of Jesus, which I've picked up and started reading again. It's a favorite of mine. But it's just in the wilderness was the temptation to do something spectacular and impressive and prove who Jesus was. And and just to, just to see, you know, the words from the Father were he was loved before he did anything impressive. And just for me to have to go back and ask myself, do I really believe that? Is my identity in who God says I am or in what I've produced this week or this month? Or... So that, that's been a humbling thing. It's been a good thing uh, to just have to go back and go, I, I am who God says I am, uh, whether I produce anything today or not. I mean, to be loved based on nothing mm-hmm. that we've done is is something that you just can't get over. You can't come back to it enough, like you're saying. And at least in my life, John, it sounds like for you too, the more I reflect on that, and I don't do a great job of it most of the time, uh, but the more I reflect on it, the more uh, I just go, I don't know if there's, I don't think there's anything more important that we can understand in in this life that would really change us to know there is a God and he absolutely loves us based on nothing, nothing we've done. Actually, in sp- and that's actually an understatement. We, we totally screwed everything up and he, that's right. yeah. he loves, that's just a great word. Thank you. Right. No, you're welcome. And again, I just want to make sure you hear and others hear, I, I could, not be more excited about being a part of search. And Carol asked me at the end of my second week, how do you think you're going to like your new job? And I said, well, I'm not sure I've really experienced a whole lot of the new job yet, but if it's anything to, anything measured by the people I'm getting to know who are part of search, I'm going to love this. So again, I, I love getting to know you, love getting to know the other staff people, mostly in faces on a screen, but can't wait to get to know all of you more. 
Well, we feel the same way. I can't wait to be with you in person uh, in a couple years. <laughs> Hopefully not that long. Uh, hey, John, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And I want to thank everyone who's listening. Thanks for joining us on the Search in Your City podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to our feed, share this with your friends. And if you've got a comment or a question, a thought, anything like that, send it on over to podcast at searchnational.com. Org. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>